Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, we're opening the radio vault and joining Noah Hutchings and Carl McIntyre as they look at the past influences on today's church. You can stay informed and know what's happening through the lens of Scripture with the resources found over at our website, swrc.com. Over 1,000 timely books and DVDs from the top Bible prophecy teachers, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Another great way to stay informed and biblically grounded is with our Prophetic Observer newsletter. This monthly publication gives you keen insight and helps you keep time on God's prophetic clock. Subscribe today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Now, let's go inside the radio vault and listen to a program from the past. Here's former longtime host Noah Hutchings and his guest, Carl McIntyre. In 1996, we were at a meeting near Collingswood, New Jersey. So I had an opportunity to visit with a very dear friend that I had not seen in several years, Dr. Carl McIntyre. So 1996, at our meeting in the Philadelphia area, I had the opportunity to visit Dr. McIntyre and even record a couple of programs. The recordings were done in a church basement, and the recorder was on a metal top table that Dr. McIntyre kept hitting. And after I returned home, I discovered that there was so much noise in the recording that I never used it. Recently, I ran across an item on the internet under the heading, Doctors Hutchings and McIntyre Speak. Well, we pulled the recording off, and to my surprise, it was the same one that I had recorded 15 years ago with Dr. McIntyre. Now, we have cleaned it up as much as possible, but there's still some noise in it, But I think it will be worth your time to listen to it as it covers issues that relate to the conditions in a majority of churches today. Dr. McIntyre, I believe you were born in Oklahoma, and you used to come to uh, Southwest Radio Church in the late 40s and early 50s. That is right. I was reared in Oklahoma, particular Oklahoma, close to Muskogee. And then Durant, Oklahoma, and then I came east to, to go to the seminary. I was going to be a lawyer and change my mind the last year in college to spend my days preaching the gospel and fighting the devil in his crowd. And we've had a tremendous experience. And you talk about the 40 years. Uh, last May, I was 90 years of age, and all the people were fighting me. Most of them are dead. The Lord's taking them away. But here I am, I've known of you, and uh, I was in your broadcast there. I'm just so pleased that you could come by and that we could meet each other and have fellowship. And now you just ask me all the questions in the world. (laughs) Well, uh, we are here in your area, in the Collingswood, New Jersey area. We were in adjacent to a church here for a meeting, and a gentleman from your church called and uh, wanted to know if I would care to come down and and, uh, meet you, and I... I, I told him I would be delighted to see Dr. Carl McIntyre again. 
You know, uh, Dr. McIntyre, in those early days, I uh, used to march with you, in fact. You did. And uh, we were over in Tulsa. Uh, can you remember, re reminisce a little bit of what we were doing in Tulsa and why we were in Tulsa? Well, the National Council of Churches was having a rally there in the big Methodist church. I think Bishop Oxham was there, too. But anyhow, they brought Nicodem over from Moscow, and he was a KGB agent. And during those days, we were fighting communism, and we were opposed to the way in which the Soviets were using religion to promote peaceful coexistence in their cause. Well, the leader of the Soviet movement was Metropolitan Nicodem. He had been made a member of the World Council of Churches uh, when they were organized in uh, India, and way back there. And uh, when he came to Tulsa, we decided we'd have a protest rally there in Tulsa. And your paper there uh, reported our meeting. And so we had a march out there, and we went to this Methodist church where Nicodem was, and we had a big crowd. But now Nicodem is dead. He, he was a communist, later identified as a communist. He went to see the Pope. And he fell over dead in the presence of the Pope, and the Pope gave him the last rites and got him into heaven. But anyway, I was fighting the communists, but I was fighting the use of religion by the communists. And so that's what brought us to Tulsa. And you were there that day, and you marched with us, and we'll never forget it. But now what's happened is the Soviet Union has collapsed. The uh, clergy in Moscow that were in the World Council of Churches are still in it. The World Council of Churches still has the same clergy in its membership that were serving the communists back there when we were protesting them. But we also, all over the world, the communists were asking us to live peaceably with them so they could undermine us and promote their cause. And we uh, protested that. Now, we also did it in the name of our council. The old federal council of churches in this country was corrupt, it was liberal. They had a social creed of the churches, which was communist. And we fought the federal council. In fact, we fought it so hard, they finally decided they had to change their name. And uh, they changed their name in 1950 to the National Council, which we now have. But the National Council of Churches has been nothing more than a gathering together of these liberal churches. You can believe what you want to, but we'll keep you. And consequently, I've been an opponent of this modernism, liberalism, the apostasy. Uh, Eugene Carson Blake, who was a stated clerk of the Presbyterian Church, uh, president of the Federal Council, then he became secretary of the World Council of Churches. And he and Eugene, or rather uh, Episcopal clergy, Bishop Pike, out in San Francisco, made the announcement of the great big world church they wanted to start. And I've been in this thing, man, up and down and around. In fact, I've been around the world 24 times fighting all these liberals. Now, Bishop Pike made the statement, as I remember, that uh, he wouldn't be surprised if they didn't find the bones of Jesus over there in uh, Israel. In fact, he was looking for him when he died. <laughs> Pike went over there and got lost in the wilderness. He was supposed to be looking for the bones of Jesus. And you know, they never found his bones. He never found Bishop Pike's bones. <laughs> well, uh, Dr. McIntyre, going back and reminiscing about those days, you were fighting the trend in the churches. 
to take the uh, divinity of Jesus Christ away, to cast dispersions or doubt upon the Bible as the uh, infallible, authoritative word of God. That's what the fight was over, wasn't it? It was over the Bible. It was over the Bible. When I uh, decided to go into ministry, as my answer to my mother's prayer, I came to Princeton. The seminary it was the last of the fundamental seminaries to be in existence. And when I got to Princeton, I found that there was this great fight between the modernist and the fundamentalist. And there were five points to the fundamentalist. Inerrancy of the scripture, you just mentioned it. The virgin birth of Christ. The... Uh, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, the bodily resurrection of Christ, and then finally his second coming. Now those were the five fundamentalists, and they've been that all through these years, and they call it the modernist fundamentalist controversy. Well now when you get to the inerrance of the Bible, the first thing that has to go down is the Bible. And believe me, it has gone. It has gone. Uh, the Bible itself, the apostle Paul made it plain, Jesus Christ himself, the words that I speak, Jesus said, my father gave me. And the apostle Paul uh, told Timothy, and uh, he, uh, Peter also in his epistle said that uh, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, the Bible. And that's all we've got, and it's inerrant and it's infallible. Well, now, when these uh, liberals got in at the turn of the century, the Bible was the first thing they called. They said the Bible was made up of a lot of myths and fables. Well, my Bible is true from the Genesis Revelation. Jesus put his hands on the scriptures and says it can't be broken. Amen. And Jesus made it very plain that the words that I speak, my Father gave me. And I've been preaching that Bible and nothing but that Bible all these years and defending the faith and pursuing all these liberals that deny it. Do you know that on last Thursday's New York Times, that's our big world paper, you know, New York, on the front page, they had a three-column story. I can't get over it. It said that you can get to heaven without Jesus. You can get to heaven without, and the story goes on to say that all the religions have good in them, and every one of these pagan religions, their roots go way down to the bottom where they run into God. And because they have some contact with God, God's going to save them, and they don't need Jesus. The Jews don't need Jesus. The Roman Catholics don't need Jesus. Uh, the Mohammedans don't need Jesus. And they're saying that there are three religions now. The Pope says this too. There's Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. They all have one God, and we can not bother about having to convert any of them. They all worship one God. But that's not true. Our God has three persons. The Jewish God doesn't have a Messiah. They don't have Christ as their Savior. And the Mohammedans, they just have one God, but uh, there's no trinity. We believe that the Christian religion is the only true religion. And Jesus Christ was sent by the Father down here to make the atonement for our sins, and he rose again from the dead on the third day. The uh, Pope uh, stated recently, as reported on the front page of Parade magazine, that by the year 2000, he expects all religions, especially those who have their roots in Abraham, meaning Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, 
to be worshiping together in peace and harmony in Jerusalem. That is exactly right. Not only that, here in New Jersey, up at Princeton, in this month, they're going to have the first joint worship service between the Roman Catholics and the Protestants. And the Pope is sending over his top uh, representative for Protestants who will come to Princeton, and they'll hold it on Princeton University campus, and they're publicizing it far and wide, but they're going to start now joint worship services with the Roman Catholics and the Protestants all over this country. Well, what happened to Martin Luther? What happened to John Calvin? What happened to the Protestant Reformation? Well, they simply said the Bible was all we needed. We didn't need the Pope. We didn't need the Church. We didn't need the Virgin Mary. All we need is the blood of Christ to cleanse us from our sins. And so here we go. Yes. Some of the other areas of controversy today, Dr. McIntyre, of course, is over ecumenism. Uh, There was a document recently signed by ecumenicals and Catholics, uh, meaning uh, coming together in uh, fellowship and even in missionary efforts. What did you think of that one? It was a disaster. It's a denial of Christ. It's a denial of the Reformation. That's all it is. When our Protestant forebears 400 years ago broke with the Roman Catholic Church, they did it because the priest could forgive you your sins. Only Jesus could forgive you of your sins. And furthermore, they were uh, taught that uh, the Roman Catholic Church was the was the holy church and uh, perfect church, and if, you had, if you're in that church, you'd get to heaven. Well, you can stay in that church for all your life, and you'll never get to heaven until you get washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And our country was started by Christians from the old world who were fleeing the persecution of the Roman Catholics. Our country was a Christian country when it started. We had only two and a half, two million 500,000 people here, and 90% of them were Protestants, and they gave us the Declaration of Independence. They put the Bible on the Liberty Bell, and all of and we were a Christian country, and now we're in a mess because we're getting away from Christianity and from the Bible. That's our problem. Dr. Martin, um, Dr. McIntyre, as uh, we look over your uh, past uh, many years of service, you're now 90 years old, you just keep fighting for the fundamentals of the faith. Uh, do you ever think about giving up? Never. I'm not going to give up until I breathe my last breath and I see Jesus. Amen. Absent from the body, <laughs> present with the Lord. He has called me. I've done nothing. I don't own anything. I'm just a preacher. I have a great church here that we built. That we started from a from an apple orchard with a tent in it. And now we've organized the fundamental churches all over the world. And in the next uh, next uh, half hour, I want to tell you about the International Council of Christian Churches. We've got uh, 600 denominations with thousands of members all over the world. We're not going to be in the ecumenical movement. Many of our groups have withdrawn from the World Council of Churches. And we're all aware that the World Council of Churches has just got everybody, everything in it. And it has no gospel. As we look at the World Council of Church today, of course, I just returned from China recently, and uh, China is uh, a sad state of affairs because 
the government has announced that evangelism or Christianity would be criminalized. That's right. And, uh, of course, the, you have the three self churches over there, actually, which uh, it was an accommodation with communism in the first place. But, you know, the three self churches of China have on their uh, literature that they are members of the World Council of Churches. Well, they are. They are members of the World Council of Churches, and it's our group in China that are in the home of the house churches. Yes. The uh, house churches, uh, we took um, 43,000 scriptures, smuggled them in, mm -hmm. and only God could have got them in for the house churches in China. And the underground church. That's right. But the, and they're members of our council of churches, I'll tell you in the next broadcast. But uh, uh, in Peking, the uh, leading pastor there of an independent church uh, spent uh, 30 years in prison because he was identified with us. The uh, leader of the churches in uh, mainland China, uh, Wang Mingdao, uh, went out and welcomed Mao Zedong when he came to the city. He was a communist. And when the World Council of Churches was formed in 1948, he was made a president of the World Council of Churches. Now, the effect of that went all through the Far East and went through South Korea and the largest church in South Korea they call it uh, Hopdong Church withdrew from the World Council of Churches when they learned that the president of the World Council of Churches for China was a communist they pulled out and this is where I get into this business of organizing these churches all over the world in a fellowship just a fellowship that believes the Bible. But uh, China, right now, in our opinion, we're financing it. You don't stop communism by financing it. <laughs> you just don't do it. You, you don't do anything by financing evil. And there's a weakness here. Now we've got this whole business of, of Hong Kong going to be turned over to the communists. And I, my position, I've said it over and over again, I think it was the State Department of the United States that led Margaret Thatcher to say that, that uh, England, Britain would turn uh, Hong Kong over to the communists. Our position is that Hong Kong ought to be turned over to free China because free China is like the China when the deed was made back there a hundred years ago. And so I'm afraid of mainland China. They're getting stronger and more powerful and they're shipping weapons out. And there's going to be a day, someday, where we're going to have to pay for financing them. And uh, as we look at the apostasy in the church today, how many ministers in the large denomination, would you say, are actually true to the ordination given to young Timothy by the Apostle Paul? Very few. Separation is the order of the day. It's so corrupt gone so far away from the word of God. Uh, Paul told young Timothy that one of the signs of his last days would be they'd have a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. And then he said, from such turn away. 
And this liberalism has come into the seminaries. It's been over this, this century. Started back in the beginning. And these liberals got into the seminaries and trained up these young people. They went into the churches and they preached a socialistic kingdom of God society. They denied that Jesus was raised from the dead. And that's a terrible plague on our country right now. And unless our country can get back to the Bible as it is and believe it for what it is, the word of God, the judgment of God is going to fall on our nation. Dr. McIntyre, I have heard or seen statistics. I can't uh, document uh, the validity or credibility of these statistics. But uh, I uh, have read that according to surveys, 80% of the young ministers coming out of the seminaries today uh, uh, deny what you and I would consider the fundamentals of the faith, the virgin birth, the authority of the Bible, the literal resurrection, the literal return of Jesus Christ. It's 90%. It's 90%. That's right. These men are preaching in socialism as the kingdom of God. They don't believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Let me tell you what happened in April, just last April, Easter. The three weekly magazines, Time, Newsweek, and U.S. News, came out Easter week with a picture of Jesus on the front page. And then they all three had a long article, five or six pages, presenting to the country what they call the Jesus Seminar. There's 250 professors in the seminaries dealing with history and in the uh, universities that say that Jesus was never raised from the dead. The Time Magazine story says that Jesus didn't raise from the dead, but that dogs ate his body at the foot of the cross. That's in the issue of Time Magazine. Newsweek came out with the same story. These are these professors who don't believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He never came from heaven. He was just a social revolutionary that got in bed with the powers that be, and they killed him. But we never had such a terrific attack upon the Bible and Christ as we got this Easter. And I'm telling the people everywhere, you can't. Give your money to a church or to a seminary where they don't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Paul said very plainly, if Christ be not raised from the dead, you're yet in your sins. <laughs> and you're all men to be pitied because you testified that God raised him up when you made God a liar. No, beloved, the Bible is the word of God. And Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Now that, of course, brought about what we call the separatist movement. Uh, the Apostle Paul made it very plain. All he did was to get people to leave the, the idolatrous churches of Rome. He got them to leave the synagogues. He'd go into a synagogue everywhere and tell them about Christ. And he either took the synagogue over and made a church out of it, or they split. And in Corinth, he started the Christian church next door to the synagogue. The Apostle Paul went around the Roman world getting people to flee idolatry and come into the fellowship of the kingdom of God where people knew that Jesus was alive. Now, in this century, in this century, this liberalism has seeped into the churches and so finally it's taken the major churches over. And I'm trying to tell people that if you don't get out of these churches, you're going to suffer for it.
You cannot support unbelief. Now, as a result of this, they talked about the ecumenical movement. We saw it develop, and the plan is to have a world church, a one world church, and to answer the prayer of Jesus that they all may be one. Well, look at them. They're not agreed. <laughs> They're a mixture of everything. <laughs> They're not one. So we felt that the time had come that men like myself, we ought to get organized the people who are one in fact, are one, one in faith. And I want to tell you, beloved, when that trumpet blows, everybody in these cemeteries that were born again are going to come up. And those of us who are still here, we're going to be caught up. I tell my people in my church, when that rapture comes, I want the fuse of my church to be empty. How many churches today really ever preach a message on heaven anymore? No, they don't. They are interested in the social problems, things of that sort here. That's all they are. And these churches are full of people. They think they're going to go to heaven. But when they wake up after they go through the door of death, they'll find themselves in hell and they can't get out. Well, Dr. McIntyre, it's been a pleasure to see you again after all these years. I have followed your ministry and the great fight that you've carried on all these years. And uh, I'm one of your greatest admirers for your stamina oh. and your dedication to the fundamentals of the faith. Thank you, Noah. I thank you for this opportunity to be with you. But we are one in Christ. We have the same Christ, the same hope, the same God, and we're going to stay this way, and he's going to protect us until the very end of the way. I appreciate your having me on here today, but I want all these listeners to say, McIntyre, I'd like to see your paper. I'm getting one out this week that tells how the World Council is flopped over and they're leaving it, and they're going to start a better one now so they can get their world church into existence. Beloved, please... Defend the faith. Jude said, It's necessary that I write unto you and exhort you that ye earnestly contend for the faith what once delivered unto the saints. Thank you, Dr. McIntyre. Our announcer will come now and tell you again how you may get a copy of uh, Dr. McIntyre's uh, paper, The Christian Deacon. Also, a copy of the book, The Death of a Church by Dr. McIntyre. So, Dr. McIntyre, God bless you, and uh, we'll continue to uh, keep up with your ministry and the great fight you're waging for the Lord. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, folks. Keep us in your prayers. Keep in touch with us. And wait for the shout. It's coming. And we're going to go up to be with Christ any day. We've been listening to part of an interview between Noah Hutchings and Carl McIntyre. We have the entire one-hour interview available today on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Past influence on today's church with Noah Hutchings and Carl McIntyre. Order your copy today. 1-800-652-1144. Also, be sure and register for one of our two remaining conferences of 2023. Saturday, September 30th in Des Moines, Iowa, and October 26th through the 28th in Columbus, Ohio, that one featuring Jonathan Kahn. Register for these conferences by visiting the events page of our website, swrc.com, or by calling 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Historian Bill Federer will begin a brand new series 
on what every American needs to know about the Quran. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.